0: Hello, Googleization nation, and welcome to the Future of Leadership, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader, Paul McCarthy. I'm Ira Wolf, And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Paul's episodes, we'll cover practical insights, tips, and executable activities to get you thinking about the future of leadership in your organization. Let's begin. It's time to reframe the narrative. It's time to create the conditions for our leaders, leadership teams, and organizations to have open and honest conversations that matter. I'm Paul Mack from Paul Mack Leadership, just a poor boy from Shepherd's Bush, challenging the way things are done, and I've adopted a counterintuitive approach to the future of leadership that's starting to gain traction. What I'm sharing is raw, it's unconventional, but it's always focused on having the conversations we need to have. Through our work, research and understanding of current and future trends in leadership, we now know that organizations will increasingly need a different philosophy, mindset and approach to support their organizations and leaders to navigate ongoing disruption. Fired Leadership, as you'll see, introduces the five critical leadership qualities that leaders and organizations will need to increasingly and successfully navigate this ongoing disruption. Currently, Leaders who demonstrate these five critical qualities are being sidelined, marginalized, and even fired when they display them. No other leadership philosophy, program, or practitioner talks about these future leadership qualities as being critical to the future of leadership. And yet the research clearly corroborates their increasing significance to a leader's ability to lead effectively. In this next episode of the GGG Unleashed series, we'll introduce the fifth and final fired leadership quality, and show you at a high level how to define this quality, how to define it in your leaders, being what it's like to be a leader who exudes this leadership quality, and the impact on your organization of a leader who demonstrates this leadership quality. My aim is that by the end of this episode, I would have introduced this leadership quality and provided some tips to help you and your organization begin to identify, recruit, onboard and develop leaders in your current leadership pool and future leadership pipeline who have this leadership quality. Today, we're going to talk through direct and transparent. I call these transparents. Personally, this has always been the most important and yet challenging of the fired leadership qualities to talk about. Because in demonstrating this quality throughout my leadership career, and by the way, being a human, it's the one that has sparked the most controversy amongst my peers, colleagues and direct reports. One of the reasons for it being so challenging for me is also because of the hypocrisy it surfaces leaders are increasingly told and sold by the swath of company recruitment literature and initial recruitment meetings with hiring managers that companies want leaders to be direct, to be transparent and to not play the political game. And yet upon being onboarded and immersed into the organization, we quickly find the opposite is true. I started as a senior manager, stroke associate partner, in a large global consulting firm. And I went into the meeting with my team and the partner in tow and was asked very clearly to share my thoughts and my ideas upon hearing some of the ideas that the partner had. They wanted to know if I thought the idea was a good one or a bad one. Now, after being recruited through a timely and expensive leadership recruitment process, when I was asked for my feedback, I genuinely thought that I was being asked for my feedback. And when I was asked my feedback, I openly shared my feedback honestly. I explained that the idea the partner had was not necessarily the best idea. And upon doing that, I would step onto what I called ego-based leadership landmines. Instead of defining what a transparent is, let me jump straight into the lion's den and define the exact opposite of a transparent. The following is a true story and more information can be found from the relevant link in the show notes. You may or may not be aware of the GM ignition switch defect. It was a tragedy that happened in 2014. Allow me to give a short recap. In 2014, GM issued a recall of 800,000 vehicles due to an ignition switch defect. While that may sound trivial, Consider that these faulty ignition switches might turn the entire car off while driving, causing the driver to lose complete control. If that weren't bad enough, add to the mix the fact that the airbags wouldn't deploy while the engine was off a literal death trap. GM expanded its defect notice several times. Ultimately, 30 million vehicles were recalled worldwide. In the end, GM paid Compensation for the 124 deaths directly attributed to the defect, as well as forfeiting 800 to 900 US million dollars. Even more tragically, the defect could have been fixed for less than a dollar per car, and the company had known about it for nearly a decade. The US government launched an investigation and uncovered a range of disturbing findings, including. The failure to fix these faulty ignition switches was in part due to the company's many departments and employees literally not communicating with one another and operating in silos. GM's culture, in which silence and buck passing were raised to a Kafkaesque art form that kept these information silos in place. The investigator found a number of GM corporate culture idiosyncrasies that were the main cause of this tragedy, including the GM nod. So at the end of a meeting where a course of action had been decided upon, the leaders would go around the room, each silently nodding in turn. The nod signaled that upon leaving the room, no one was going to do anything of the sort. Or how about the GM salute? A person would cross their arms, but stick them out straight in front of themselves, almost as if they were blocking someone. This signaled the person was steadfast in their refusal to take personal responsibility for an action or a decision. How dysfunctional? Instead of simply saying what they meant and meaning what they said, which, by the way, are some of the defining features of a transparent, the leaders at GM had to resort to their own secret language of nonverbal gestures like mafia dons, you know, speaking in code to prevent them from being prosecuted because they technically never ordered someone to be murdered, just taken care of. Transparents, well, they are transparent. So in the spirit of being transparent, I also want to point out that the GM CEO, Mary Barra, was cleared of having any knowledge or involvement in these games. If the above story isn't enough to define what a transparent is, consider that some of the other defining features of this quality include a refusal to buy in to establish norms and play the political game, an ability to cut through crap quickly. A transparent is forthright and creates the space for forthright conversations. They say what they mean and they mean what they say. And we've just seen the exact opposite of that with the GM story. So if you're out there and listening, I'd like you to ask yourself a question. Have you ever wondered how organizational and leadership norms are created and reinforced in your own organization? Be honest. Right now, What are the equivalents of the GM nod or the GM salute in your organization? In my book, The Fired Leader, Reinventing the Future of Leadership, I go into further detail about this story that I'm about to talk to you about. I was at a large consulting firm and I was around the table at the end of the year doing performance assessments of my direct reports as part of the annual performance management process. And I was honestly asked for my feedback about certain individuals that reported to me. And I gave my feedback and I was very clear that some of them were not ready for promotion. And yet what I experienced was nepotism and politics firsthand, because some of the people that I referenced as not being ready to the next level in the organization, because they were friends of the partners and because they made people laugh at summer barbecues and, and all sorts of socializing events that happen in these large consulting firms, my advice and my recommendation were ignored. And so I just use that as a, as a a way in to talk about being a transparent because a transparent is honest. They're truth tellers and they highlight dysfunctional and ineffective systems and processes. And that day in that environment was an example of where I, again, Told the truth because I was asked to tell the truth, which is what a transparent does, and upon doing so, was marginalized because I stepped out of turn, the equivalent of the GM nod or the GM salute that you've just heard. So, if you're in any doubt about how to define a transparent in your organization, they are the truth tellers, the ones who cut through the unnecessary bureaucracy and political game playing to create trust based organizational cultures that improve individual and organizational efficiencies. In an earlier episode, I mentioned Ray Dalio, the founder of Bridgewater Associates, and he lets it be known that all employees are expected to challenge their peers and superiors, and has embedded a culture of dissent, which improves creative thinking and productivity. Well, he's also introduced this concept of radical transparency. But here's how he described the concept. And I quote, I think the greatest tragedy of mankind is that people have ideas and opinions in their heads, but don't have a process for properly examining these ideas to find out what's true. That creates a world of distortions that's relevant to what we do. And I think it's relevant to all decision-making. So when I say I believe in radical truth and radical transparency, all I mean is we take things that ordinary, ordinarily people would hide and we put them on the table particularly mistakes, problems, and weaknesses. We put those on the table and we look at them together. We don't hide them." So Dalio has shown in the application of radical challenging and radical transparency that these things are not just good for business, they're also critical to how organizations can begin to successfully navigate the future of work. McKinsey, in their 2021 research, explore this a little bit in more detail. They look at the future skills citizens will need to navigate the future of work. And they suggest that to future-proof citizens' ability to work, they will require new skills. Now, without boring you to death on this podcast with all of this research, again, you can find it in the show notes, out of 18,000 people that they surveyed in 15 different countries, there's 56 foundational skills and 13 skills groups that people will need to be developed by. These include cognitive, interpersonal, self-leadership, and digital categories. And then the skills within those are apportioned accordingly. Well, in the analysis of the research and skills that will increasingly be needed across all these categories, I found that the following, well, there are about 13 to 14 different skills that a transparent has that will be increasingly needed for the future of work. Just think about that for a moment. Research like this and other studies that I've seen clearly shows that we need transparency in our organizations and we will increasingly need them. Their importance cannot be overstated because, quite simply, they demonstrate honesty and radical transparency in all of their interactions. They directly improve levels of trust within the organization and at a leader level. They avoid miscommunication and misunderstanding because they tell it like it is. And they're very often the pioneers of speak up cultures. They recognize and embrace ideas that improve the organization. And as part of this, they encourage divergent thinkers to provide input to address challenges. Transparency drive improved efficiencies as part of leadership meeting cadence. I mean, how how useful would it have been if you'd had a transparent that was in GM at the time of that tragedy in 2014. Again, as a listener, if you're listening to this, I'd like to ask you some questions and I'd like you to ask yourself, how can being a transparent help your organization to cut through the crap of unnecessary political jostling and game playing, which actually then will help get things done. Can a transparent increase or decrease trust levels in your organization? And maybe if you're a hiring manager or you're a VP of HR, to what extent do you think transparency is good for identifying, recruiting, and retaining future leaders? As you know, I've worked with hundreds of leaders and many leadership teams around the world. One of my clients brought me in to support its senior leadership team to address institutional and leadership toxicity and a lack of trust. Upon working with them and looking at all of the team members, Uh, through workshops and interviews, it was quite apparent to me that they lacked trust because they weren't being transparent. They had hidden agendas, silos, and they were less productive and had a reduced morale with increasing threats of turnover. That was their reality. And it could have been simply addressed by their ability to be transparent. So with their permission, I was able to support them in creating the conditions for crucial conversations that helped them to discuss their challenges and toxic leadership cultures through being open, honest, creating trust, and being transparent. The outcome? An engaged senior leadership team that was high-performing, aligned to a clear vision, and able to cut through the crap quickly to get things done. And they enjoyed working with each other. Again, another example, we, we now see that being a transparent is not just good for business, but also the right way to lead. Speaking of business, you may or may not have heard of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. Well, they've approached being transparent at an organizational level. This is a great example of where a business is transparent about how it operates, which can then help it lead to improved performance and better organizational outcomes. What they do is quite simply, they provide transparency of their pricing, where other centers in this field don't. And guess what? It's actually increased their demand from their suppliers, from their, their customers, for their services. Again, showing that being transparent is good for business, and it's the right way to lead. What are the benefits that you see of having the same approach to transparency as the Surgery Center of Oklahoma with your leaders? How about having direct and transparent conversations along the same lines of how Brian Grazer, who referred to curiosity conversations, we covered that in another episode. How about if you had transparent conversations? And another way of actually looking at the effectiveness of these is to think about how you currently measure leaders in your organization in terms of their ability to be direct and transparent. Just as we wrap this episode up, I just want to remind you of some of the other research out there that we might have referenced in other episodes from Grant Thornton, who talk about biggest disruptions coming from technology and a different kind of leader that's needed. What really interests me about that type of research, and again, episode uh, show notes will have this linked, is that in order to realize the advances in technology and disruption, new skill sets of being innovative, adaptable, and collaborative. Are going to be needed by future leaders as well as the need to be more decisive at making decisions and that's a critical component of being a transparent as we wrap this episode up one of the things i'd love you to be asking yourself about leaders you have in your organization right now who are transparents is quite simply what are they motivated by because we can see from the research and the case studies that this type of leaders focus on being clear improving efficiencies, and getting to the core of an issue quickly. But how are they showing up in your organization? We've also seen from research uh, that I've referenced in other episodes, talent is increasingly walking away from organizations that continue to play the political game or have hidden agendas. It's clear that future leaders don't want to play those games, and they're much more purpose-focused. So some things to think about. Given what you've heard in this episode and others that I've done, Do you really believe silos are a good thing or healthy for organizations and approaches to leadership? What impact do you think transparency can have on organizations and what might get in the way of this impact? And how do you think you can fully understand the true cost of playing the political game in your organization? We run Fired Leadership Labs to help hiring managers, chief people officers, and VPs of HR to understand these Fired Leader qualities and how to integrate them into how leaders are identified, recruited, onboarded, and developed. So contact me for more information on this through LinkedIn or through my website in the show notes. We're also developing and deploying the first fired leadership program in this this area to a range of different beta audiences from different organizations. If you'd like to be part of it, again, reach out to me. And the last thing, folks, is that I've just produced the world's first book on this topic, It's a bestseller and it's being well received around the world. And it's beginning to have a future impact on the future of leadership. So you can get a copy, again, from the show notes, reach out to me directly. This book will also be accompanied by an end to end companion guide shortly that will show an organization how to implement fired leadership into their organization. It'll be on my website as well. Join me next month for thoughts on how to actually embed fired leadership into your current organizational culture your structure, and your approaches to leadership. You won't want to miss this next one, folks. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning about the future of leadership. We'll be back next month with Paul for another episode. But until then, please visit Paul's website for additional resources at paulmacleadership.com. And until next time, don't let the shift. Hit your plans.